Welcome back to the Love Your 9 to 5 show, episode number 32. A lot of my friends and family didn't even know what I, what size my business was. Because I didn't want any, I don't know, I guess I was nervous to tell people who didn't want them to, um, it's the whole cliche of, um, I didn't want them to say, Matt, you're too successful, or hey, you're making too much money. Caution, you will begin to love your 9 to 5 with this show. Join us as we explore and discover your unique strengths and learn to apply them to your daily business activities with your host, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to this next episode of the Love Your 9 to 5 show. I am joined today with a high-performance coach, motivational speaker, a modern-day superhero in his own words, and hopefully we'll hear soon exactly why that is so. Uh, today joining me is Matt Belducci. Matt, welcome to the Love Your 9 to 5 show. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for taking some time and, you know, and joining us today. And Matt, I know we just got to talking a little bit before the show. Please introduce yourself, if, you know, the, the way that you know how to. Let our listeners understand who you are a little bit personally, uh, what your personal journey has been, and professionally, how specifically, how you got from where you were to where you are right now. So, um, so I grew up actually in Chicago. I'm actually a Midwesterner. Um, I was a huge sports fan and I played a ton of sports growing up, but I grew up in kind of a lower socioeconomic status. Um, I, my, I didn't know this until I went to college, but my parents were slightly above the poverty line. So I grew up working really, really hard, but by working hard, I ended up excelling in sports in school. And I ended up uh, winning a bronze and silver medal um, for the USA baseball team. Um, and my ultimate goal at that time was to play Major League Baseball uh, for the Chicago Cubs. But um, unfortunately, I got a uh, arm injury. Uh, my pitching arm um, kind of sidelined me. And so I uh, ended up doing the normal thing. Um, I went to college. Uh, and I got bit by the entrepreneurship bug. Um, my freshman year, actually, I ran a $80,000 uh, small painting company. On, in the summer, I made about 25000 in income. And I uh, honestly, at that point, realized that I could make a lot of money in my career. <laughs> so um, I ended up, um, after that business, I ended up starting a marketing company that did about half a million dollars my next three years of school. And then uh, when I left college, um, I actually, unfortunately, bombed my, uh, collapsed my company um, through the, just uh, the marketing just, company. Yeah, my marketing company. Yeah, so um, I went. Uh, I essentially um, through learning curves and just uh, being young and cocky, um, I uh, ended up um, collapsing it. And uh, at that point, I, I invested all the money I made back into my business, and so I was left uh, broke. Um, and I had about thirty thousand dollars in student loans and ten grand in credit card debt, uh, which at that moment in my life, uh, forty thousand dollars was a ton of money. And um, I so I did what every great uh, person does: is I put my Clark Kent glasses on and I went into the corporate world. Um, and I hated it. Um, I worked there for about a year and a half. I switched jobs four times. I actually got fired from two of them. Um, it wasn't because I was a bad uh, bad at getting results. I just was a bad employee. And, um, so then I, I, uh, basically left the corporate world and I had no ideas, no capital. Um, but I need, knew I needed to be an entrepreneur. So I, uh, launched a construction company and over the last four years through a lot of ups and downs, but also great successes. I built a $2.6 million construction company before I turned 30. And, um, I actually just sold it to my business partner, um, which is super exciting for me because uh, now I'm moving on to what my true passion is, which is 
I've been coaching uh, highly successful entrepreneurs here for the last four months and kicking butt and loving it and doing some motiv uh, motivational speaking along the way as well. And so, um, so that's kind of just a quick overview of my journey so far. Um, just in my business, on my business and career side, um, I do have a 16 month old and a baby on the way, which I'm, I'm a huge fan of being a dad. Um, I recommend to everyone out there. I know you have six kids and so, uh, or you have five and then a baby on the way as well. So what we both have babies on the way, but, um, it's just actually, funny. actually the baby came. I the picture I showed oh. you wasn't updated. Oh, congrats. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, so, thank you. Um, that's awesome. So yeah, so I uh, love being a dad and my wife and I um, travel a lot and, you know, and uh, we just have a great time. But that's kind of my... Uh, well, I get guess, ready to make some adjustments. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're ready. Don't, uh, we're ready. I'm actually, I'm excited. We're finding out actually tomorrow, we're finding out the gender. And so when, um, I'll have to email you after and let you know. But nice. uh, it won't be on the, when this comes out, we'll definitely know the gender. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So you definitely have a very busy life. Now, if we can just kind of, you know, uh, do, figure out and try to piece this together a little bit, um, you know, you, you, you definitely can see from a very early age, I would say you were blessed in hindsight to be, to grow up in the financial climate that you grew up in and you learned grit, you learned hard work, you learned that you did not have the entitlement mentality, which unfortunately, unfortunately plagues so many of us that we feel like things should be handed to us. And um, a lot of the employee mindset also comes from entitlement, that I'll give you 40 hours of my week and you're gonna give me benefits, you're gonna give me insurance, you're gonna give me you know, my paycheck and whatever. And for a lot of people that works, but for someone who's used to earning your own keep from such an early age, that's something that wasn't a fit. And you could see how successful you are and how far you've gotten uh, through that. and the medals that you've earned. Now, is that, that was in the U.S. Olympics? Um, so it's for a, uh, U, it's not the Olympics Olympics, but it's a USA uh, baseball team I uh, tried out for. And uh, I nice. played uh, two, summer, two summers, one in Italy. We, we did a tournament in Italy and one in uh, Amsterdam my junior year, so high school. Wow. So, I mean, so you've been, uh, you've been moving up pretty quickly, you know, just in that area. Then even when you were supposed to be focusing on your studies, which perhaps you were, perhaps you weren't, but you definitely had two successful companies on I the side. Up, uh, actually ended up in my top 10 in my, uh, my high school as well. Okay. So. So, so you see that you were applying the same skills uh, that you were applying to the, your business activities on the side. This was not in, in this was not some you weren't slacking off in your studies. This was in addition. So you're, you're the type of person who needs to have a very full life, apparently. That you know, while you were excelling in your studies, you had the painting company, you had the marketing company. Um, you already shared how you had the challenge with the loss of your marketing company, but then you you know, and you had your stint, uh, you know, um, the corporate world. First of all, how was that in the corporate world? What type of job was that? Do you mind sharing? Yeah, so I did uh, copier sales. Um, I actually made a lot of money doing that. Um, I also did some consulting, but um, what I would what would happen is I would go in and I would kick butt, um, not in a cocky way, but I was really good at sales, so I'd go in and and do really well. But I would I was the type of guy who didn't believe in, um, you know, I guess I'm I'm a bad employee. I would show up late, leave early, but I would get my I'd get stuff done, and I would actually outsell everyone. But my bosses, my bosses didn't like that. Didn't like that. They wanted me there at you know eight a.m. and leave at six. And 
I didn't, I didn't really want to do that. Um, and I, I, and I got my work done and, and kicked butt, but they just didn't, they didn't like it. So uh, they didn't and, like you making your own hours and setting your own priorities, even though you were meeting uh, the overall goals. They wanted you to sit through conference calls and meetings and email chains and, and to kind of be handcuffed to your job instead of just producing results. Yeah. Awesome. So and now, um, now that you sold your construction company, so you mentioned that very nonchalantly how you built your construction company and then you built it up to $2.6 million um, and then you were able to sell it. What, what do you think, I mean, in your own, um, in your own reflection over, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be many more things to add to the list as your career continues to evolve. I have no doubt that coaching and speaking is your last stop. I'm sure that it's going to evolve in more and more things. Not that, not that that's a bad place to stop, and I know that you're passionate about it, but I, I just I don't believe it. Listen, time will tell. Uh, but what do you think is the theme uh, that has been kind of pushing you along um, from the entrepreneurial world to the corporate world back and to the different uh, companies that you've started and sold along the way? Um, so I think that, like you said, actually you hit it on the head is when I grew up, um, you know, growing up in kind of the lower socioeconomic status, which I actually didn't even really know until I went to college and, and saw everyone else um, and what their mom and dad made and what kind of cars they had and houses they grew up in compared to what I did. Um, and um, I guess, um, unfortunately, well, it's positive and negative. Um, unfortunately, they're um, I put a lot of pressure on myself to succeed quickly, um, and I didn't want to live the, the same lifestyle in terms of the financial lifestyle, which um, actually had some negatives to it as well. Um, by you know me focusing a lot on money and trying to grow businesses, and, and uh, you know letting my health go at at a certain point in my career, and um, I had you know uh, even even not paying attention to my relationships as much as I should have. Um, and, uh, just focusing on growing businesses versus, you know, enjoying life. Um, and then when I did have quote unquote success, I got to it and I realized that it wasn't what I really wanted. I mean, I wasn't at the level I really wanted, which is where the modern day superhero, <clears throat> modern day superhero comes in. But, um, I just, uh, realized that it wasn't necessarily about the money, but I was chasing something that I just didn't have when I was a kid. And I still am obviously want to make tons and tons of money because it uh, gives options. But really, it's more so now to allow me to do a lot of bigger things in my life and, and uh, help other people. But, um, but I would say that, um, you know, that was some of the, the big things as I was going through my, my businesses that I, uh, that I realized and learned um, along the way. So Excellent. Um, you know, now you said you're doing coaching. Um, and you're doing the motivational speaking engagements. Um, do you have a specific niche or niche? We can fight about that another time. Uh, <laughs> uh, which you focus on it, through your coaching, and uh, and how did that all evolve? You know that that you know did people start coming to you automatically? Is that something that you self promoted? How did that happen? So it actually happened organically. Everything actually in the last uh, four months has happened. Um, oddly enough, I. Uh, started a journey. I'm, um, it's kind of crazy to say this. I don't know if uh, the viewers are going to be able to see me, but I guess they'll be able to see a picture of me. But, but I, um, I was about four, uh, 45 pounds heavier a year ago. Um, I was 27% uh, body fat. Um, now I am 100. I was uh, 235 pounds. Um, now I'm 190 pounds and 9% body fat. I'm doing my first fitness show in the fall. Um, and wow. 
And it all started, I, uh, last year my business grew, um, and I had my first son and they always say when your wife's pregnant, don't eat the same foods they're eating, but I did. And, uh, I gained the same amount of weight she did. The only difference was when she had my son, she lost it all and I didn't. And, um, I woke up one day and I looked in the mirror. This was, I think he was about five months old now and I was out of shape. I'm talking, I was an athlete and I was just completely out of shape. My, uh, my joints hurt. I was tired all the time. Um, and I was a super productive, hard worker, um, but I wasn't as effective anymore. Even mentally, I wasn't effective. And I woke up, looked in the mirror, and was just dissatisfied with who I became. Um, I became kind of a little lazier. Um, and I was trying to, um, I guess I was, I was after all the years of hard work, I, I think I told myself, all right, it's time to, to, to relax. But really what ended up happening is I just became lazy. And um and I looked in the mirror and I said, Matt, you got to change, man. You got to, you got to be, it was actually because of my son. I looked at him and I said, I don't want him to grow up in a house where he looks up and he sees his dad, who's, you know, a fat man. And, um, not, not that that, you know, not that in a judgmental way, but like, I just didn't want him to grow up and that would be what he would become. Cause I, you know, um, I always thought that, um, my health in terms of who I am, I could, I never had a six pack, even when I played baseball and, um, I never thought I can get one. And now I have one, which is awesome. <laughs> but um, you. thank you. I appreciate it. And that's not to be cocky to anybody out there um, or tell anybody to impress them. It's that over the last year, I've consistently put in the effort, just like in business. I just took the same mentality and the same metrics and I just tracked myself and just been extremely consistent on top of it all being super busy. But what it actually did was it started my journey. I lost all the weight, got in the uh, better shape. My energy level skyrocketed. Um, my ability to think skyrocketed. And then I started looking at my life in a bigger way and going, well, am I really happy with my business? Um, even though I grew a, a multi-million dollar company, um, I wasn't very happy with it. Um, you know, I had, I had great employees. I have great people who work for me, but um, I wasn't actually planning on selling at all. But my aunt at Thanksgiving, she said, Matt, whatever happened to you becoming a motivational speaker it was always my dream. Always what I really wanted to do. And she um, said, whatever happened, I started doing what everybody does, right? And I'm sure some of you guys out there can relate to this. You start making excuses. I was like, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to get involved. I don't know what the next steps are. I don't have any connections in that field. And I left Thanksgiving and I was back into good shape. And my, I was thinking and I was uh, trying to figure out other, uh, just try figuring out my next steps. And um, running my business and, um, I had my little man at home and all that good stuff. And I, I, the question wouldn't leave me. So I said, well, why not just start a YouTube channel? So then I, uh, and I, I started a YouTube channel, not for any sort of monetary value. I still am actually not monetizing my YouTube channel, but I put out free content every single week. Um, and I started that just because I wanted to motivate people and give them all the lessons I learned over my uh, strengths and weaknesses and all my failures and successes and I wanted to help. And, and, uh, so that started when I started, and then I started putting out content on all my social media platforms. And all of a sudden people started calling me saying, Matt, I didn't know you did business consulting. And I was like, neither did I. <laughs> so, I the, so explain that. So this is the critical point is where you had some sort of inner awakening. I mean, first of all, parenthetically, you see the power of a word, you know, just from that comment. you know, that really kind of, it was a culmination of a lot of things, but it seemed like a climax over there. But but even, you know, you, it was very clear. I mean, we just did, I just did an interview last night with uh, Dan Moyle and from Interview Valley, and he uh, spoke about the concept of inbound marketing. 
which is kind of what you were doing, is that you were put, providing value, providing value, having no idea exactly where this is going to go. Now, now, this is the point, the, the tipping point, is when someone comes over to you and says, hey, Matt, I didn't know that you do business consulting. Now, where did he get that impression from? I was just putting out a lot of content around, you know, uh, productivity hacks and talking about uh, me being an entrepreneur. Um, I actually was a very private person. I actually did not put out a lot of content uh, previous. So no, a lot of my friends and family didn't even know what I, what size my business was because I didn't want any, I don't know, I guess I was nervous to tell people because I didn't want them to, um, it's the whole cliche of, um, I didn't want them to say, Matt, you're too successful or, Hey, you're making too much money. Um, and I was, I think I was nervous to like, um, make people feel bad about themselves. Um, and I know that sounds mean, but I was, I was letting, letting that hold me back. And so then, um, they came to me and they're like, well, shoot, you run a $2.6 million business. Well, tell me, you know, let let me ask you a couple questions. And then all of a sudden I got my first like three clients in a week and I didn't even know what really to charge. Um, and so then I went on my journey now where I'm at, which, uh, my business, my uh, coaching company is, uh, I'm paced to do almost 300,000 this year. Um, wow. and, um, and I, and I still haven't done any sort of formal marketing yet. It's all organic. Um, and I'm wow. super excited. Now, eventually, eventually it will, I will start uh, probably this year. Um, I'm going to start putting out more, um, paid, paid advertising and, uh, and, uh, different things like that. But I even hired my own business coach to coach me as well. And, um, you know, I invested a, a a good amount of money into that. But what I, um, what I discovered along the way was that I personally am, am really good at uh, problem solving and helping business owners uh, because I went through the gambit, you know, as an entrepreneur for 10 years, I've dealt with everything from key employees leaving to uh, working a hundred hours a week to taking where I'm at. Now I only work 20 hours a week in my, my construction business because I built systems and I'm really good at systemizing things. And and um, so typically when I sit down with an entrepreneur within, within weeks, I can decrease the hours they're putting in by productivity hacks and I can uh, increase their income by looking at their financials and making a couple of adjustments that maybe they just didn't look at. Um, and I've done it with uh, I, one of the guys I work with, he's a gym owner and he was making a thousand dollars a month uh, working a hundred hours a week. It was a new business a year in and within two months he's making 10 grand a month now and uh, he's now only working 60 hours a week. And uh, we were able to do it just in a, in a quick way because he just didn't know how to do it. And so, 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 so give us an example. I mean, I, I, I think it's important before you even go there, I think it's important to point out how, you know, again, I'll keep on saying this, but I, I think by now people are starting to get it, that the internet has leveled the playing field and that talent content value is the, is the only thing that that counts it doesn't matter if you're a multi-billion dollar brand and you have a limitless marketing budget or if you're some guy in a basement with a laptop you can you can be just as far as long as you're delivering real content um, in a genuine authentic way now you mentioned specifically that you took somebody who was making a thousand dollars a week and you were able to successfully make some changes so Tell us some about some of those productivity hacks. You don't have to tell me specifically if there's privacy issues about that case, but maybe some of the tools that he was able to use. Maybe some of our listeners may be able to apply this to where they are right now. It can help them begin to love what they're doing just a little bit more. Yeah. So he. So just to give you just a quick background, he's a great. He's actually my personal personal trainer. Now he pays me as his coach. But he. Um, so he. I uh, was working out with him. Super great guy. 
And I, when I met him, he was just this upbeat guy. And a lot of people could probably relate to this. You know, he was about seven months into his business. Or for some of you out there that are working a job, there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe you're seven months in your, your job. And he was just happy as a, happy as can be. And then um, three months later, I, I came in to do my workout with him. And he looked like someone stole his soul, honestly. And uh, we started talking. And I found out that he wasn't making as much money as he, I thought he was. Um, and he, you know, he was an unbelievable personal trainer. He's been in the fitness industry for 14 years, and he's he's just a genius when it comes to all that. But he just was not growing his business the right way, and he was wearing every single hat you could possibly wear in a business. And he had no employees. And um, we sat down. I started asking him business questions, and he couldn't answer them. And so we made a couple of adjustments. But I also worked with I work with a chiropractor right now who makes half a million dollars a year profit himself. And he, um, he's working 60 hours a week. And what I've noticed over the course of all the business owners that I've been working with is all of them want two things. They want to systemize their businesses so it can systemically um, get, make more money. And they want to decrease their actual input of hours. And so kind of a couple tips um, that I can give to even people that are employees. There's nothing wrong with being an employee. But number one is that you, a lot of people schedule out their work life, but they don't schedule out their personal life so they literally have nothing scheduled outside of work so when they show up uh, when they wake up in the morning they don't wake up early and when they get off work they they go home and watch tv for the whole night you know and they don't do they don't have anything else scheduled in their life so both of us you know both of us on this podcast right now you're running a podcast out the side of your job and then i have a uh, run my business and I, I i started up my coaching company on the side um, and I make a YouTube a channel. I have a YouTube channel that I put out videos on. I put up content. I'm writing my, writing my first book. Um, I'm doing a fitness show. Like there's multiple things you can do and you can live the life of your dreams in my opinion, but you, you just have to schedule it. And I think a lot of people don't do it. They don't have any sort of scheduling mechanism. And, uh, and then, then it comes the productivity and the energy hacks, which is waking up early, uh, versus late. Um, you know, I'm a big morning routine guy. Obviously there's a million videos out there on it, but honestly it's the best thing I've ever done in my life. I used to sleep in until I had a meeting and then I would wake up and run to my meeting and I wouldn't get anything done after work. I would come home, sit down and, and, uh, I would turn on the, I watch a three hour Cubs game versus, you know, come home and read a book or hang out with my family or, you know, actually get something done outside of my job. And I see a lot of people out there, they just, they work, they work, 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 but they don't enjoy their life. I'll tell you, uh, um, you know, Kevin Cruz, who was on the show, um, he, um, he has a book called, I think, 15 Things Successful People Know About Time Management. You, 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 you know the book? So, yeah, I know the book. Yeah. All right. So, yes, that's a phenomenal book. And so he mentions there uh, about a specific incident where um, someone called uh, – you know, usually he obviously charges for his time and he charges for his speaking engagements and obviously that's his business. But once in a while he'll do something pro bono and um, there was a, a particular event, the short version of the story is that there was a particular event uh, that someone asked him to come to an out-of-town event, a speaking gig, I believe it was, and uh, which he accepted. And then he accepted something else. You know, once you're in town, will you come and, you know, speak over here? And it ended up that that one small favor turned into a very large favor and multiple things within that city were scheduled, which was all fine because he looked at his calendar. It was six months out and there was nothing there. So obviously he's going to have time. 
Um, but then he had a personal obligation that was in a direct conflict uh, to that entire thing, which he could not, uh, he cannot make that, um, that obligation, you know, to that, I forget exactly what it was. Um, the po- obviously, I'm not prepared to say the story, but the point was that we think when we look at our calendars, six months out, three months out, or a month out, now I'm busy. But look, in a month from now, there's nothing on my calendar besides for whatever recurring meetings we have or whatever. So probably I'm going to have tons of time then. But we don't realize that as busy as we are now, we're going to be the same way in three months, six months, nine months, or 12 months if we don't do anything about it. And the But on the other hand, it is wide open. You can schedule your life around whatever things are priorities. So if you have an event that you're going to go to, you, whatever meetings you are, but no one says you can meet on this. Everyone gives you a few dates. And you just tell the world that you're not available on that day and you're not available. I know that with my own family, which um, you know, things have been you know, busy and the business life is busy and personal life is busy. And sometimes you know, we could just not have time to spend time with the family. And I've set up my schedule now in a way where there are certain times which are, this is family time. And it's as important, at least as important, you know, as business time, it's more important than business time. But from a scheduling perspective, you're right. You schedule it in, then you have a life. And, you know, as business owners have, a, in my opinion, they have a bigger challenge to be a workaholic <clears throat> than an employee because the money is going into their own pockets. And, they, you know, there's a never-ending list of to-dos which they want to get done and grow their business and grow and grow. But as I'm sure you've seen and as I'm <clears throat> sure you must have been sharing uh, with some of your clients, um, sometimes more is less, and less is more. In other words, sometimes uh, having specific focused uh, activities instead of the endless um, busyness can make your business really prosper. That sounded good. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. And you hit it on the head. Like what I noticed is when I was a younger businessman, um, I'm similar to you. I actually have spent like my employees know two things now is that they can't call me before 10 AM in the morning. I literally will not answer your phone call. I don't care if a house is burning down. I will not answer your call. And from five o'clock to seven thirty every night, no matter what you cannot call me now. So what I do is I used to be the worst. We all have these addictions to our cell phones. I actually leave my phone in my office um, because I know myself is even if I know I'm not going to answer the phone, the phone rings, I, I'm curious. I want to go see who called me. And what I discovered is that sometimes I used to catch myself checking my phone for no reason. And my son, well, actually, this was before I had my son. My wife and I would be sitting there and I'd be out having dinner with her. And one of my employees would call me. I'd pick up the phone and I would step away. And all of a sudden, 30 minutes later, dinner, she's done eating. And now she's upset at me. And what I tell anybody that I work with as a high performance coach is that you have to, and you hit it, it's great that you're already doing it. I block it off and I actually remove the even, I actually, what I tell people as a, when I started to do my fitness journey, I just removed anything out of my life that would require me to, um, to get tempted. So I'm, I used to be a sugaraholic and I haven't had sugar in six months. And um, the reason is, is that I removed all sweets from my house. If there was a sweet in my house, I would eat it. Same thing with my phone. So I tell anybody that I work with that um, you have to have outside of business, you have to have boundaries with your workers and your family. And what you said was your family time is more important than your business time. In my opinion, there's nothing is more important than each other um, as long as you schedule it in. Now, when people hear that, they're going to go, Matt, your family's more important. 
you better believe family is important. It's actually extremely important to me, but you have to go to your jet. You have to go to your job. You have to go to your business right. to make, support your family. And you also have to schedule in health. You have to go to the gym you, or find a way to be healthy. And that's just as important as the other two as well. Your relationships, all of that. So you just, what I found is just blocking time into your calendar and making boundaries with yourself. You can make boundaries with other people, but you have to make them with yourself where you make a promise that I will not take a call before 10 o'clock. And like sometimes I'll have an employee call me at 7.30 a.m. And it's hard for me not to answer, but I, I made that promise to myself I wouldn't pick up the phone and I um, wait. And, and, it's all- no, no, and I'm sure that, you know, the employees learn and, you know, mm-hmm. crises tend to, you know, solve themselves and other people step up to the plate when they realize that they're expected to do so. Now, a lot of times the corporate mentality is that the lower down you are in the food chain, the less qualified you are to do and accomplish certain tasks where really if you empower other people by putting yourself out and like you say, you put a system in place. If this is a crisis, why am I being called? Um, but you know, all these times, if, you know, even now, let's say, you know, in the, in the nursing home world, um, there are some people who enjoy the ability, that's not even limited to nursing home, it's probably any organization, but some people actually enjoy being the person on the top of the organization that everybody needs for a decision. And <clears throat> you have serious micromanagers who won't allow anything uh, to happen without their intuition and their input. My personal goals, and again, this is maybe my personal styles, I would prefer never to be bothered ever for anything, um, and unless, it, unless it absolutely needs uh, legally for regulations, it might need you know, my license or whatever, but if I don't need to get involved, then I shouldn't get involved. I would love to empower everybody to, to do their jobs, and, and they feel so much more important, and you know what? Frankly, they're better at what they do than, than I am. I... I probably wouldn't be good in their job and I certainly don't want their job. They're skilled. They like it. They like being where they are. Allow them to do you know, what they need to do. Uh, I'll say one other point is that you spoke about blocking out time um, for personal obligations. How many times have you been, for, at least in the corporate world, have you been in a business meeting where you were in a room with five or 10 or 15 people and there was nobody in the room? Everybody just knew that this was that mandatory recurring meeting or that someone called this meeting and we all now need to be here and kill X number of minutes of our day because we committed based on our Outlook calendar that 30 minutes, 60 minutes, whatever it is. And some people are on their phones. How many people are just completely unplugged from everything else and just focused on the task at hand to just get that done? And I found that by limiting the time, the frequency of such meetings extremely, unless there's a real urgency uh, to, to limit it and then to put an end time. We're going to be here now for 30 minutes, not more, not less. So people know after 30 minutes, we're walking out no matter what. And then saying, okay, and this is the, this, and everyone knows coming in, this is what we need to accomplish. And if it's not directly related to this, we're not going to discuss it. You know, I just found that personally that, you know, that helps so much um, by people knowing that this is, it starts, it ends. This is our goal, and we're engaged with the topic at hand and disengaged from everything else while we're doing whatever task that is. Yeah, no, I'm, a, I'm in agreement. I think uh, if anybody out there wants to read a good book, it's called Death by Meeting. Um, and uh, it's actually on my, uh, in my bookshelf that I'm looking at right now, and it's a great book for anybody out there, and especially managers. And you hit it right in the head that 
you know, ultimately what it comes down to is everyone's in the room. So when anytime I do business meetings, I make all my employees put their phones uh, in a box and we put it outside the door. And the reason is, is because if you don't, everyone's on their phone, everybody's not paying attention. And if they're not talking, they're not listening. And we remove computers and phones from the room and we go old school with a pen and paper. Um, and then what we do is we, do, we set up, I say we put an hour, but we finish in 30 minutes, then we're done in 30 minutes. We don't need to use the whole hour. So, um, and I think a lot of times people make the mistake in meetings of just running meetings. They just do meetings to do meetings. Right. And so what I like to do is before we even start, I actually learned this from one of my old, my old mentors is when you start a meeting, you just ask the room, what is your intention today? What do you want to get out of this meeting? And you make sure everyone writes it down so that way they actually are paying attention and they're, they feel like they leave with something. Because if you don't, you're going to end up, like you just said, um, Shmuel, that basically it will end up where everyone in the room is just not there mentally. They're all just checked out, you know, and it's annoying for everyone, especially the, especially the owner. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> so, um, uh, so let's change gears here a little bit. Um, if you, if you wanted to talk, I know we spoke about some of your successes, but we want to make you a little bit uncomfortable here so that we can discover some of the lessons that you've learned earlier on and our listeners can apply um, to, their, to where they, wherever, whatever stage they are in their professional journey right now. So would you mind going back to a particular failure um, earlier on in your career or in your entrepreneurial journey um, and tell us how terribly something went. And I know you mentioned a couple of things in passing and, and, and what is the lesson that you learned from there and how have you implemented that since then? Yeah. So, um, so this doesn't make me uncomfortable at all. Actually, this is one of my favorite questions because I honestly think to be successful, you have to fail. Uh, now I'm going to take that line back here and say, you have to fail and then you have to actually change up what you're doing. Um, a lot of people think that failure leads to success. It doesn't. What leads to success is when you try, fail, and adjust. And so I um, ended up, um, I'll, I mean, I'll tell you a million of them, but uh, I'll just give you a couple key ones. I dropped out of college. How, how about this? How about you give me your absolutely worst one? My worst, <laughs> my absolute worst one. Yeah. Um, so um, let's think here. In, uh, in my business career, um, I would say it was after I started up my construction company, uh, my second time around, um, uh, my, uh, my first year we did uh, 700,000 in revenue and it was an unbelievable first year in business. Um, and I, uh, built up this awesome company and I had some key employees, um, I had four key employees that I had at the end of that year and they all left. Um, and they, um, they all left because of me. Um, they left because I was overbearing and, um, I was, um, they, the words that they used at the time was I was a, was manipulative. Now I wasn't trying to be, I didn't mean to be, but I was so focused, like I said, on business that I didn't focus on them and every single one of them walked out on me. So I had a $700,000 business in zero employees. And so I had to completely rebuild. Now the good news is my next year I did 1.1 million and ended up learning probably more than you can imagine about how to uh, work with people as employees and build up a, the right culture. And then my business took off from there and I had some of the best employees I could have ever asked for. Um, and they stayed? Yeah. I, my retention. So here's the crazy part. After that year, I actually, my retention ended up being the number one in the industry. So really? I, I lost, um, I lost um, the lowest amount of employees that you could possibly can in the industry. 
Um, and it was because I, I literally got really upset at myself and I, I studied, I studied on top that topic for, um, for three to six months and I worked on emotional intelligence and I actually really focused on how to, how to build culture and how to be closer to my employees and how to get more out of them. And by doing that, my guys didn't want to leave. They all wanted to work for me and they still do. They're still working with me to this day. Wow. 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 Four years later now, after that mess up my first year. So I'm trying to figure this out here. So if you're a salaried employee, so you may not have the same challenge that you had, but uh, maybe not the same application, but if you want to go to the root of the problem, um, and basically uh, the way you just explained it is that you were so focused on results and uh, the business goals that you were trying to accomplish that perhaps you didn't see the the people component and and the fact that people are not machines and people you know people need to be treated a certain way and understood and and nurtured and grown in order for them to really shine and really to be the best employees they can for you and to stick around to to take your $700,000 a year and make get the next 1.1 and to grow from there and so you you were able to adjust now there's so many other people who are well I, I I've observed companies where you see similar toxic environments I'm not saying that's how it was by you but it, you definitely see this and sometimes like yeah well all my employees are terrible they all left good for them they should have left and then the next year they hire new people and they may be very good business wise and they attract top talent or they pay for top talent um, but then the, you know the cycle repeats itself so so what you said is so true you know there are plenty of people who fail all the time and they're still failures because they don't learn anything from it but by by you um, taking the necessary steps and adjusting you know, you're able to grow it from there now if um, I know you mentioned the book death by a meeting uh, but if there's a, a particular book which you think someone who is currently working in a nine-to-five job or they're you know starting up their own company but they're not quite there and he looks at the bookshelf <laughs> they're not quite, <laughs> and they're not quite there yet um, what is in your opinion the one book that um, that can help the person get in touch with their specific mission passion application of their skills and really just so that they will be the happiest while they are productive and earning their paycheck to provide for their families is is there any particular book that comes to mind yeah so i have so i'm on a mission this year i'm actually on book 40 for 2018 i'm going to read 80 books this year so i can give them i have a book review that goes out on my youtube channel every week um but nice. the, the book that I highly recommend, this is actually more uh, for anyone out there, um, is, is uh, Mindset by Carol Dweck. Um, and the book focuses on the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. And I think that would help anybody out there. And then I'm, gonna, I'm going to cheat here and give my number one favorite book for anyone, which is The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. And honestly, that book is what changed my life personally. But um, but the first book would be more so for people, and I, I believe in the corporate world, because I have a lot of friends who work in the corporate world, and some of them love their jobs, and a lot of them hate their job. And the reason that they hate their job is they're afraid to leave. They're afraid to try something new. They're afraid to go start a business. They're afraid to take the next step, or they don't even know what the next step is. 
So they just stay and they stay and they hate their days. And well, the gold, I, the golden handcuffs, right? Some of them are getting paid really, really well. And like, why spoil the apple cart? Yeah. Right. So they're just nervous, but yeah, the, the growth mindset versus fixed mindset, go read that book guys. I'm telling you life changer. And honestly, uh, power of habit, my favorite book ever. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Well, Matt, we really appreciate you sharing some of your uh, personal stories with us today and specifically um, some of the growth hacks, productivity tips uh, that you've shared with us and, and the resources. Um, if our listeners or viewers, perhaps, uh, we can talk about that afterwards, want to uh, continue following and consuming some of your content and just really seeing what you're doing, where's the best place to send them? So you guys can do a couple different things. Um, you can go to my YouTube channel, which is just Matt Belducci, and I put out two videos a week right now. One is actually um, a professionally made video. It's really cool. And then the other one's my book review videos that I make in my office. Um, you can go to my uh, Facebook or my Instagram. They're both Matt Belducci. And I put out two videos a day on those um, for motivation and content creation. And I give productivity hacks on there. And then uh, my LinkedIn will give you my background. And then my, uh, the big thing that I would like to offer to your, your audience, and I know you and I talked about this, um, and you, you said it was a um, great opportunity for everyone, is um, I'm actually offering just to uh, Shmuel's um, community here is um, basically if you guys need um, or want to have a one-on-one -on -one coaching session with me. Now, I do focus mostly on high-performing entrepreneurs, but if you're a high-performing um, leader in your company um, and you're looking for some coaching on productivity, um, high performance, or on other things, um, go to go.mapbelducci.com slash momentum. So go.mapbelducci.com slash momentum and you can schedule that up. Right now it's free guys. Uh, to be blunt with you guys in six months, it will no longer be free anymore. I'm going to have to charge just because there's going to be a higher demand. Um, but for now, um, I would love to give you guys that um, offer. It's a 60-minute free meeting, and it might not lead into anything. It might just be you getting an hour-long uh, development meeting, or it might turn out to us working together in some capacity. So, again, feel free to go to that if you just want to chat one-on-one -on -one and potentially uh, learn more about what I've been doing. And if you're an entrepreneur specifically, I would love to work with you as well. So. Um, but that would be how you can reach out to me. Um, that'd be awesome. And like, like comment on any of my videos if possible. <laughs> so. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's a very, very generous uh, freebie that you just gave away there. And we'll put a note to the books the, and all the resources that were mentioned in the show notes when we do go live. Now, just about the videos, do you produce the, you said you have the ones, the book reviews, but what about the other ones? You do that all yourself or you have a team that does that? Yeah, so my YouTube channel, one of my videos is produced from my team. Um, it's a guy named Zeppin uh, Moses Blacksburg. He's awesome. And then I have a team. Um, and then I, uh, for my book reviews, I make them, but I have a young lady named Millie who uh, she does all the editing for me. Nice. Um, and I use um, that now on my Facebook and all those videos. I just edit myself, but those are more quick uh, Facebook lives, things like that. And it's all free content. No monetization. Nice. No monetization. Awesome. Yeah. So excellent. Well, thank you very much. It sounds like the baby's waking up. <laughs> yeah, he just got actually he just got home with my wife. So when we're done, um, I'm gonna go have my family time, which starts uh, here in a minute. And All right, awesome. Well, thank you very much for taking some of your business time together with us today. Uh, we've definitely shared, uh, you know, really 
uh, lots of valuable content with us. And like I said, we'll put links to everything so everybody will be able to find their way back to you uh, should they want to pursue that. And uh, we really wish you all the best. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for your time. And I really appreciate having me on. And I hope this helped, uh, helped out. And again, guys, good luck. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed this episode with Matt Balducci me a favor if you did head over to itunes leave me a nice review this will help itunes uh, share this show with others who are also interested in learning more about this content until next time go out there and be authentically you